Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. See you in my travels. And good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Travels with Charlie. Your host, Charlie Papillo. So nice to be here with you today. Thank you for listening. Great lineup today. What's the latest on traveling? Well, we're going to be talking with uh, Scott Milne from Milne Travel American Express. You know, all these things like mask or no mask. Uh, what about the uh, delays and cancellations that we're hearing about? Plus fuel costs, uh, certainly affecting Ticket prices, Scott Milne uh, joining us. Maggie Karen from the group New Englanders Against Sexual Exploitation. She was with us back in January discussing the charter change in Burlington regarding prostitution. We're going to get an update today from her. But first, let's play ball with C.J. Knudsen of the Vermont Lake Monsters. He's joining me today to talk about the upcoming season. We've got some tickets to give away CJ, it's been a long time, man. Good to talk with you again. How you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. It's great to hear your voice. It's, uh, it's been a little while. It has been a little while, and certainly some changes uh, with the Lake Monsters, uh, uh, the new league, the Futures League. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, I mean, as everyone knows, uh, you know, baseball in Vermont was definitely up in the air. You know, Major League Baseball eliminated 42 minor league baseball teams across the country, and unfortunately, Vermont Lake Monsters was one of them. And so... Uh, we were trying to find a place to land, and uh, ultimately we found the Futures League, uh, and uh, that's when we had our first year last year in the Futures League, and uh, we closed actually on the business because uh, Ray Pecor decided that it might be time to change uh, the uh, kind of pass over the reins, so he sold the ball club to Chris English. Chris asked me to come back and uh, help relaunch a franchise, so that happened on March 15th, and we had no players and hardly any staff, and uh, somehow we put everything together and won, won a championship. Well, you like a challenge, certainly, and uh, very familiar to you because you've you've been there before. And you mentioned the championship. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, it was great. I mean, we literally had uh, sixty-seven guys play for us last year. Eleven guys from Vermont, which is absolutely fantastic. And uh, we brought a championship back to Centennial. Last championship there was nineteen ninety-six when it was back with the Vermont Expo. So it's been a while, but uh, word has officially gotten out that. Uh, Burlington, Vermont is a great place to play baseball, play in front of large crowds, and spend the summer. So our roster has been set since last September. So we should have another good team here. Nice. Senior Vice President with the Vermont Lake Monsters, C.J. Knudsen, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. And uh, we got some tickets to give away, too. If you want to give us a call at 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255, we'll hook you up with some tickets. Uh, how's that going to work? Uh, any specific game you want to do, C.J., or how Will it work? Yeah, any game that works well with people's schedules, so we can set them up with a, an undated ticket voucher, so that way they can make the trip up to Burlington and uh, cheer on the monsters. And we kick it off on uh, Friday, May 27th. So we start a little earlier than when it was uh, in the New York Penn League, and we wrap up August 6th is our last home game, our last regular season home game. So 
Come on up and uh, cheer on the boys of summer. All right, sounds great. So two four four seventeen seventy seven or one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. We'll hook you up with some tickets to the see the Vermont Lake Monsters. Uh, you're right. Uh, that's about a month earlier than uh, than previous uh, start, is it not? It is. Yeah, so it's pretty early, and uh, it actually works out well for our fans. Uh, works out well for our players because uh, it's a collegiate wooden bat league now. So all the, we're getting all of our guys out of the. Uh, college baseball teams, so uh, they're wrapping up their seasons here. Some of them will be, will be playing in the College World Series, so they won't join us until a little bit later on the season. But uh, it's a, a ton of baseball this year. We're playing 36 home games, and uh, got some great promotions lined up. Uh, got some great giveaways lined up, and uh, people are excited to come back to Centennial and also see our, our wonderful new renovations that we've been doing for the past uh, year, year plus or so. Uh, we're going to take some phone calls uh, this afternoon with uh, C.J. Knudsen. If you want to talk with him or get those tickets, give us a call at 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. 36 home games, and you can choose whichever game you want to go to. We'll talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming uh, team, uh, who's returning from last year. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, C.J., some not arriving until they finish their high school or college season. So that's certainly, uh, you know, with the early start, uh, that's uh, the way that is. Uh, let's go to the phones right now. Oh, we lost him. Oh, okay. Well, I call back and uh, we'll, we'll get you on with CJ. We'd love to talk with you. Let's talk about uh, some of the returning uh, from last year, CJ. Yeah, we actually have um, a couple guys. Uh, Wyatt Cameron, uh, he played for us last year, won the championship with us. Also, Kobe Brulette. Uh, from St. Albans, and so he's uh, returning back to us. And then uh, we have a, a really local person that just joined the team here, uh, Tanner Walpert, who uh, goes to goes to Rice, so he's going to be a first-year guy. Uh, and it's great to be able to have uh, Vermonters here. I mean, when people come to the ballpark and right. look up at the big video board in left field and they see small towns, you know, like Barrie, Vermont, and Callis, and Bennington, and Rutland, and Burlington, it's just it's really, really awesome. And, you know, the first time in Lake Monsters slash Expos history, yeah, Lake Monster from Vermont hit a home run, and that happened last year. And so uh, the fans have really embraced it. The baseball is uh, better than when it was single A short season, uh, and so it's it's the place to be. I mean, it's uh, you know we had, we drew some great crowds last year, even despite the COVID restrictions in May and June. And uh, you know, ticket sales are going well, and, and people are excited to come back out to uh, you know see baseball and see their friends again. Yeah, and great with uh, Tanner Walpert. Uh, Walpert, uh, want to mention uh, you know our. Alma mater, uh, C.J. Rice High School. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a hotbed of baseball these days, so uh, it's pretty exciting. So how did uh, the whole pandemic uh, pan out uh, with the Vermont Lake Monsters? Uh, are, are we going to be back to, well, you say normal, uh, you know, if there ever is a normal, but what do you see? Do you still see some uh, precautions being taken this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, last year was uh, just an, an unbelievable year in terms of uh, trying to re- relaunch a franchise. You know, the season was canceled in 2020 because of COVID across all of minor league baseball and across the entire country. Uh, so there was a lot of unknowns, and uh, so we had to uh, kind of space people out. So for our home opener last year, we were we call it COVID sold out because we uh, were only able to sell about 2,500 tickets because we had to space everybody six feet apart. Oh yeah. Um, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully COVID, uh, you know, subsides here a little bit. Uh, but the great thing that uh, about Centennial is it's an outdoor venue. It's an outdoor venue. It's a large space. Uh, people can, uh, you know, watch the game sitting down or walk around or, or, or watch the game standing up. And so uh, it's a really safe space. And, uh, you know, we followed all the protocols last year. Uh, we'll continue to have hand sanitizer stations, things like that, around the ballpark. 
Um, but we're hoping that, uh, you know, people are, are going to come out and uh, hopefully COVID uh, is not going to have an impact like it did last year on us. Well, David from Worcester is on the line. He wants to go to a game. Good afternoon, David. Welcome to Travels with Charlie. C.J. Knudsen from the Vermont Lake Monsters. How you doing? I'm fine, thank you, C.J. and Charlie. Doing really well. Beautiful weather, lovely time. Just excited about the Lake Monsters, of course. Yeah, so um, are you a new fan, or have you been going to games right along? Oh, yeah, we've been going up for years. And what do you like most about uh, going to see the Lake Monsters? Just the spirit of the crowd and the, the community support and uh, baseball, of course. I love baseball. Yeah. Do you have a question for CJ? I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, welcome uh, to, to Travels with Charlie. And uh, you uh, hang on. Corm will get your information. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll send you to whatever game you choose to go to. All right? Beautiful. Thank you so much. And good luck, guys. Have a wonderful Thank season. You. All right. Do Thank you, David. Thanks for the support. Do something about the Red Sox if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> uh, so you, you play uh, an affiliate of the Red Sox, do you not, uh, CJ? Is we it- used to uh, years ago when it was the Lowell Spinners. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the Lowell Spinners, uh, they were one of the teams that got contracted by Major League Baseball. And, and they played in a beautiful facility down in Lowell, Massachusetts. And uh, they packed the house. And, uh, they didn't get offered a franchise uh, license agreement. So oh. They literally just closed the doors and walked away. So, so the so are no longer the, yeah, in, in business. The Brockton Rocks have no affiliation with the with the with the, the Red Sox. Then they do not. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the, the Futures League, which is the league that we're in, uh, it's all uh, college guys. Uh, there's no affiliations per okay. se with uh, uh, you know major league club, but. Just so happens a lot of the former uh, Red Sox uh, players, like Manny Ramirez, I believe his son's playing for the Brockton Rocks this year. Uh, David Ortiz's son, I believe, is playing for the Brockton Rocks. So it uh, wouldn't surprise me if you saw you know, Manny or, or Big Poppy at Centennial when uh, we're playing Brockton. Ah, that'll be very cool. Hey, congrats uh, to you, CJ, on being recognized as the Futures Collegiate uh, Baseball League Organization of the Year and you honored as Executive of the Year. What an honor. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie. It was uh, it was a total team effort from uh, everybody. I mean, it was just uh, you know we had a month and a half to kind of relaunch the franchise, uh, re- reopen Centennial Field, and get the ballpark back in order. Uh, it was a lot of uh, long hours, a lot of sleepless nights, but uh, it came together well. And, and you know we were uh, recognized uh, by the league, um, and it was just fantastic. And then the, the icing on the cake was to, to make the playoffs and win the championship. And and uh, that place, Centennial, was electric uh, when we won the championship. It was just it was a, an amazing experience, an experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Man, I'm just thinking back to uh, you know a long time ago when when uh, you were with the Lake Monsters, of course. And I don't, was there something about you? You slept in the dugout with a raccoon or something? What am I? <laughs> what, what what's just you know coming to my mind here, CJ? This is why you're executive of the year. You really just you earned it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think my back is still recovering from that. That's when we were the the worst team in baseball. This is 2003. We had. We had 19 wins, 56 losses, and uh, so I slept in the dugout for for a week uh, until we finally won. And, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of mosquito bites, but it was, yeah. it was a ton of fun, and uh, the media picked up on it. The fans loved it, and yeah. uh, hopefully it caused a little extra excitement for, for a fan base. Well, certainly no chance of that happening last year. A 14-game win streak in July, a new league best, new league record for wins. Averaging more than seventeen hundred fans a game, uh, man, you guys have you have you set the bar a little high for this year? 
Oh, we are we're going to go even higher, Charlie. So uh, you know, we're really thinking we're going to pack the house. Uh, we've got some great promotions. We have three twenty-five cent hot dog nights, which are fan favorites, uh, courtesy of McKenzie. We have three post-game fireworks shows. We have kids eat free every Wednesday. Uh, have a catch baseballs on Sunday. Uh, free face painting on Sunday. Uh, doing senior nights on Tuesday. So if you're sixty and over, you get a half off uh, reserve ticket and a voucher for soft drink. So. We got some great stuff that we were able to put together in the offseason here. Wow. Finally, a benefit for me being over 60. Wow. <laughs> this is a good one. You're, you're 59 and a half. So. Yes, yes. Hey, what about uh, any fireworks this year? Yeah, we're going to do three fireworks shows uh, on Saturdays. The first one's uh, June 11th. The second one is, uh, I think, July 23rd. And the third one is uh, our last home game of the year, which is August 6th. So, uh the night sky will be uh, lit up with fireworks, and uh, it's a fan favorite. Nice. And, you know, we always pushed you. How about some day games? And you do have a single day game, July 3rd. July 3rd, yeah. We got one at, uh, at 105, and uh, hoping next year that uh, we get uh, another day game and uh, get a lot of the school kids out there. C.J. Knudsen with the Vermont Lake Monsters. C.J., what can you tell me about uh, the, the suites that you have this year? Uh, three suites, 16 guests, and one up to 25 available for a yearly or nightly rentals, uh, and I understand there's a there's a great view of the Centennial Sunset there as well. Yeah, so that's one of the, the major renovations that we've done to the ballpark. Uh, we've added a bunch of new seating. Uh, last year we uh, had a custom-made Neapolitan pizza oven uh, made for us. We make all of our pizzas 100% homemade from scratch on site, which is fans love. Um, and then uh, this year we're opening up four field-level suites in, in right field, so uh People can rent those out if they want to. We also took the pavilion in right field, the existing one, and doubled the size of that. Uh, that's a great place to uh, have a beverage, to watch the sunset, watch the game. And that's open to everybody. Uh, there's four fire pits in right field as well uh, that people can sit around and enjoy. Uh, we have some new concessions in right field. And also uh, we're going to reopen the, uh, the kids' zone in right field. So right field is going to be a really popular place for everybody to enjoy. And uh, we're looking forward to a great season here. Nice. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Champ. Champ is back. Champ is back. Yeah, he's uh, he's had a long, cold winter in the lake, but uh, he is ready for, uh, for May 27th. He's working on his dance moves, and uh, it should be a great summer uh, for, for him. And uh, we're going to celebrate his birthday party again, which is on, uh, I think, June. I'm sorry, July 24th. So we'll, we'll have a bunch of mascots out there. So Champ's going to be at every single game, and he can't wait. How old is he now? Is he getting up, you know, over, you know, close to the centennial mark or not? He's uh, he's getting up there, but uh, he's too shy. He's he's afraid to tell us his age, so uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't want to uh, forget because uh, I know you got to get going, and I appreciate you joining us this afternoon, CJ. Uh, still going to be fun on the field with uh, with our friend, my friend Jamie McGowan, right? Yeah, Jamie's kind of our, our head promo guy. He's going to be on the field entertaining fans uh, using his beautiful voice and his uh, his microphone and uh we've got some great stuff planned for him uh some great in-between promotions and the entertainment at the ballpark is really going to be uh, next level this year well fun stuff as always with the vermont lake monsters and as uh, dave uh, pointed out when he called in this afternoon certainly uh you know it's just the atmosphere and i've always said this too cj whether you 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 like baseball or not i mean you go there and it's just a blast there's so many other things to do and now you've got you've got some great food and i got to check out the neapolitan pizza you know yeah i'm a big fan of that stuff so um We'll be doing that uh, at some point uh, this summer. Thank you so much. Have a great season. CJ, I know you got to run. I'm going to let you go. I told you 120, and, you know, I'm a man of my word. <laughs> You're perfect. And maybe I'll just buy you a place of pizza, too, Charlie. You never know. Good stuff. I'll see you up there, CJ. Thanks for joining me this afternoon.
Thanks. Take care. Go All on. right. There you go. C.J. Knudsen with the Vermont Lake Monsters, uh, vtlakemonsters.com for more information. You want to get tickets uh, and want to really thank uh, C.J. for joining me. He had a tight schedule this afternoon. I said, C.J., you had to be at another meeting. We we got an extra five minutes from him, and I said, uh, just uh, stay with me, and I'll get you out exactly at 120, and, man, we did it. So we will take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to uh, talk with uh, with Maggie Karen. And we'll find out more about this uh, charter change in Burlington. It's now in the, well, it went through the House and it's now in the Senate. Uh, What's going to happen with all of that? Straight ahead, right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on my travels throughout Vermont, I know where to stop for a fill-up, fresh-made sandwiches, snacks, hot coffee, or an ice-cold Coca-Cola. Jolly convenience stores. With over 40 in our area, there's always one nearby. And they're more than a quick stop. Proudly supporting local charities, community events, and our military. Jolly convenience stores. Home of the daily smile. Even behind that mask. Stop by today. You'll be glad you did. Stump, stump the band here. You know, Corm always tries to stump me. A, a little rock and roll from Led Zeppelin. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Thanks for joining me today. And, of course, welcome to a new sponsor on Travels with Charlie, uh, an old friend uh, from Catamount North, Custom Truck Caps, Tom Frechette, 65 Dorset Lane in Williston. You know, they've been doing this for over 35 years, truck caps, tonneau covers, commercial caps. If you have a pickup truck that needs any of those, they are the ones to do it for you. They've got them from A.R.E., Ranch, uh, matching colors, uh, and commercial caps too. You know, if you're a plumber, an electrician, or a carpenter, I've seen the work that these guys do. They can put racks on it for ladders, opening side compartments, or any kind of custom build. Tell them what you need. They'll make it for you. Ranger Design, they do van interiors with slide-out shelves and more. Catamount North. Truck cap retailer of choice, and they give back to the community. That's why I've always uh, liked Tom and, and the and the gang over there. Proud sponsors of Toys for Kids, the Wounded Warrior Project, and others. Catamount North Custom Truck Caps, 65 Dorset Lane in Williston. You can give them a call at 879-7172. Go to the website catamountnorthvt.com catamountnorthvt.com open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5 Saturdays from 8 to 2 they're closed on Sundays and like everybody else they're on Facebook and Instagram and they've got thousands of satisfied customers you should be one of them if you're in the market for a truck cap these are the people to see Catamount North 65 Dorset Lane in Williston well, welcome back and welcome to my next guest, Maggie Karen. Maggie has been with me before. It was back in uh, January I think so. when you joined us. And we'll see what's changed since we last spoke. She's the uh, Vermont Chair of New Englanders Against Sexual Exploitation. Michael Shively uh, joining us on phone. He's a member of the group. Now, when we spoke in January, we discussed a charter change question on Burlington's town meeting day ballot. It passed and... Uh, it was in reference to um, legalizing prostitution in the city. It's now at, in the legislature. They, they, they passed it on uh, town meeting day in Burlington, went to the legislature. All charter changes need to be approved by the legislature. The House passed it. 
What's the latest? Is it in the Senate today? What do you know? Um, the latest is it um, has gone through a committee, Senate GovOps, and they have approved it and passed it out. So I believe it's actually probably going to hit the Senate floor. Um, I'm thinking today, certainly before the end of the week. So I don't know if everyone is aware, but the legislative session was extended one more week. So they're right. supposed to close up now this Friday. So I anticipate that it will be voted on, if not today, then very soon. Um, I would like to think that there was some common sense in the Senate and it would be voted down, but I'm not feeling super optimistic about that. I think it will probably pass. So I'm going to be looking toward the governor to have some common sense and to take a stand for people who are victimized and harmed in this. I think, um, you know, there is a difference in the terms of legalizing and decriminalizing. So the move is to decriminalize, um, and the Burlington City Council did do that through their ordinance. It did go through the House. The House um, did approve it, unfortunately. They were very... Was it a wide margin? Do you know? Uh, it always is a wide margin. You have to understand the layout in the legislation. There's about two-thirds uh, Democrat and progressives who will typically promote something like this while the Republicans try to take a stand. So pretty it. much on party lines. Right? Pretty much almost yeah. always on party lines. Yeah. And... My understanding is uh, Montpelier is going to be discussing this shortly as well, the, the city of Montpelier. Yep. So Michael and I, Michael, as you said, he, he works alongside me. He's actually based in Boston. He and I, I believe it was September last year, were at the first uh, city council meeting in Montpelier trying to do the same thing. So someone out there has an agenda item to decriminalize statewide prostitution, which means it would no longer be a crime. It is actually worse than legalizing it. It just would no longer be a crime. And there's a push. There's a nationwide pushed by an organization called Decriminalized Sex Work, and it's based out of Texas. And that seems to be where the push is coming from. We have four lobbyists listed in the lobbyist photo book for the Secretary of State, 2021 and 2022. They're all, they all list decriminalized sex work as one of their um, employers that they're working for. And so they've been solidly working. I believe it was the end of last session that they passed the immunity aspect of it in H18. They actually just threw it into the middle of a bill at the end of session, like about where we are now, just kind of rammed it in and made it fit in so that if you're caught and if you're a victim or a witness to a crime during the act of prostitution, then you would have immunity. If you went to the police, you wouldn't be prosecuted for that crime that you were committing. Um, and then here comes this year we're doing the Burlington City Council. Yeah. Also, people need to know there is absolutely a statewide effort to push decriminalization. Currently, we have another bill. This would be at least the third bill, I think, to fully decriminalize it statewide. So I actually came to sound the alarm to people with common sense in the state. You know, this is not a good move for our citizens. This is not a good move for our children. This is not a good move for any family or friends that we have. It's not a good move for the community at all. It's extremely dangerous. And Michael could probably chime in and tell you that the excessive risk when you're, you know, quote unquote, um, working in the, in the, they call it sex work. I call it sex trade or prostitution. Michael, let's uh, bring Michael Shively in. Michael, uh, I'd like to ask you, and I asked you this before as, as uh, we discussed this, uh, what have we learned from Rhode Island? Uh, in 2009, they act, it was legal, and they actually stopped legalization. So what is it that, that we have discovered in Rhode Island that we shouldn't be doing it here? Uh, well, in Rhode Island and literally everywhere where prostitution has either been legalized or decriminalized, it always works out the same way, which is badly. Um, what what it does is it takes away any disincentives, any deterrence, anything that would make a person think twice or decide not to engage in prostitution. When those things are lifted, 
then it expands. Now, the problem is that the typical scenario in prostitution is of a person in distress. Usually they've had adverse experiences as children and have been sexually abused. Often they're homeless. Often, often they have addiction problems. Sometimes they have mental health issues, and they're vulnerable. And often they're just desperate to, to make a buck so they can get through the day. Those are the people that the sex trade typically preys on, although the ones that usually hear from are people that say it's glamorous and they have OnlyFans pages or they are advocating it as just being another form of work. But it, it, the reality is far different from that. So while there are some people that say they choose it and say that it works out well, um, the vast majority, that isn't really what's, what's happening. So what happened in Rhode Island is in the 80s, there was a, some people call it a loophole or a mistake. Other people say it was intentional. But what they basically did was uh, decriminalize the actual exchange of money for sex. Um, well, they, they didn't decriminalize the actual exchange. What they did is decriminalize the solicitation of it. And it took a while for people to kind of figure out, it's like, wait a second, this isn't technically illegal to exchange money for sex as long as you do it indoors and out of sight. So what happened in Rhode Island is it became the regional center for prostitution, and there was an explosion in the number of uh, massage businesses and spas and strip clubs that had prostitution in them. And there's nothing good about it. You know, there's... There's no protections, there's yeah. no inspections, there's no health regulations, there's absolutely nothing. And when you get, you know, that's kind of counter to, um, you know, not that, uh, you know, you think about somebody that uh, if you cut hair or you're in the food business, I mean, you need to be licensed, and this would be simply, okay, just go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Anyone under the age of 18 could be, um, you know. Above the age of 18. Yes. 18, yeah. Yeah. 18 and above. Yeah. 18 and above. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, who's carding who, really? And, you know, I was talking to Brad earlier. Like, you know, I remember being 18 and not knowing nearly as much as I knew when I was 42, right? And, you know, our choices have an absolute effect on our lives. So, you know, take somebody 18 who just doesn't understand what even one time in this act, you know, could do to their to their life and to their future sure. circumstances and it's very concerning it's very concerning on every single level um what kind of harm will come to our community you have a question or comment this afternoon 244-1777 toll free at 1-877-291-8255 maggie karen and michael shively were talking about the charter change in burlington which is uh, now being voted on in the senate that the house passed it would would legalize prostitution in burlington but as maggie and michael are talking uh you know, what's next? Montpelier discussing it in, in June this year, and maybe it's a statewide thing. Let's discuss with both of you uh, the, the, just the, you know, the aspect of human trafficking. We don't really, that, that doesn't really seem to be brought up. It's just like, okay, you know, if somebody wants to be a prostitute, they can do that. But we know that there is so much human trafficking involved in this, and they're going to be, it's like, you've opened the floodgates. It's legal now. Bring them in, right? Exactly. And, you know, we went to, Michael and I went to almost every single Burlington City Council, if not every single one that was discussing this topic. And we heard over and over and over, and if you look at the state law that's proposed, and if you look at what Burlington kept saying, oh, there's, there's trafficking and there's prostitution and you know we want to keep trafficking illegal but we want to make prostitution legal and that's absolutely you know not even possible because once you establish this state as a state that is open for prostitution 
you know, like Michael said, you're going to, you're going to create a market, you're going to need to feed it, and the way you feed it is by trafficking people in. People are already being trafficked. I have a binder down here, you know, town after city after town in Vermont that's already experiencing trafficking victims that are being prostituted. See, that's how it rolls out. You're trafficked and then you're prostituted. You're working in prostitution because you've been trafficked into it. Against your will. Against your will. Right. Or it You're could working be, off a debt or you've been, uh, you know, you're drugged or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could be a drug addicted, alcohol addicted. You could be forced. Your, your boyfriend could have kind of manipulated it into, you know, you into it. It's, you know, just addictions and it's a survival mechanism for some. And then it gets to a point where they don't even know how they can get out of it. They don't know the way out. And unfortunately, Vermont is very lacking in any ability, you know, to provide the exit routes that they need, you know, the finances and the safe spaces and the, you know, the, that route out of that. But right. you, you can't say we're going to, you know, make it illegal to traffic people and then make it legal to prostitute. And what people need to understand is once you open that market in Vermont, you're marketing to the entire station, uh, to the entire nation. You're also marketing. We become to, a destination. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. To the world, really. And, and you know, taking the, uh, the Ill- illegality out of it, it would increase the demand, would it not? Mm-hmm. So again, I guess getting back to trafficking, uh, Michael, come on in here. Where would the added workers come from? Likely from trafficking, right? Well, the vast majority of people don't want to do this. You know, I mean, little girls and little boys don't grow up and say, gee, I want to, you know, sell my body at some point to someone that's going to do this, that, and the other thing to it. I mean, it just, it doesn't happen. It's, um, if it's a choice at all, it's usually a choice of horrible options and desperation. And often there's no choice at all. They're, they're forced into it or coerced into it. So, you know, it, it, there's certain things that are just, so true, they're undeniable. And one is that you cannot have sex trafficking without prostitution. And when you get prostitution, you always get sex trafficking. That's the end of the story. And the, the, the evidence is just overwhelming, and it's global, and it's over decades. So it isn't just like one study that found something. This is just case after case after case. It, it They just go hand in hand. And um you know, you have to separate them in the law. You know, you have to say, well, you know, when it's not consensual, this force fraud or coercion or a minor, then the law calls it something else. But the way it functions is just a seamless market where they just are intertwined. And any person, like maybe today, she's a 35-year-old woman who's been doing this for 10 years, and maybe at that moment she doesn't have a trafficker forcing her. But that is the same person that years ago was a homeless runaway youth that got sucked in by a pimp and and sold and trafficked. So, you know, this isn't the rare extreme case that is trafficking. It is the typical case. Maggie, I'd like you to refer to uh, your your website. On your website, there's a video there that kind of, well, it refers to it as the world's oldest oppression. You know, we often say profession but it's it's oppression mm-hmm. can you talk a, l- a little bit about that video and let people know where they can go to see it yeah absolutely so i would encourage everyone who's concerned i'm very concerned um please go to our website called new englanders against sexual exploitation scroll down just a little bit on the home page and you'll see the video it has trisha grant i believe her image is in the face of the video and it is called the oldest oppression slash vermont it was created basically for what's happening in vermont trisha was 
a 15-year-old victim of being trafficked and prostituted in Vermont. Actually, regionally, she was taken from state to state to state, doing exactly what we're talking about. She was forced to, you know, to participate in this in this act repeatedly. And she was brought to Vermont over and over and over for um, for sale. And she said that it was the worst experience she'd ever had. Of all the places that she'd ever been, Vermont was the worst place that she'd gotten um, hurt and to, to the most extreme and so much so that she basically can't even come back here. So it also has other victims, other experts um, who talk about why this is a really bad idea. And unfortunately, when we were in the state house at the, at the house um, committee meetings, you know, I was allowed to testify once. The Burlington GOP chair was allowed to testify once as a Burlington resident, but many Burlington residents were shut out and were not allowed to testify. Uh, experts were not allowed to testify. Witnesses were not allowed to testify. You know, survivors, yeah. they weren't allowed to testify. And in house, in the Senate GovOps, uh, the only people who got to testify was the city attorney and the lobbyist for decriminalized sex work. I have a hard time wrapping my head around this. Um I guess in some ways, I, it's not too hard to uh, to understand that that Burlington the City Council decided to to approve this charter, uh, but then it goes to Montpelier, where you have a representation of the entire state, mm-hmm. and it passed. It passed in the House. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on down there? And and not to make any predictions, but it's now in the hands of the Senate. Maybe it was a setup for the House, knowing that the Senate wouldn't support it, but they voted and they get the props for it. Uh, um, any predictions, uh, Maggie? What's yeah. going to happen? Unfortunately, um, so I've been doing uh, work under the State House Dome for about three and a half years. And it, it becomes very clear. You, you talk to people, you hear the stories, you hear people say that it, if you're, and, and I'm only repeating what I've heard and I've seen it in articles that if you are of a certain party, um, they vote by leadership. The leadership tells them how to vote. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or ugly. The leadership will tell you how to vote, and that is how We all heard the anecdotal story many years ago. There was a yes or no yeah, yes. <laughs> card that was on somebody's desk, and they would tell you this is how we're voting today. Yeah, and that's what constituents really need to understand. Yeah. So I would strongly uh, you know, recommend, uh, especially the Burlington representatives right now and all of the House representatives, they've all taken their vote. They've all taken their stand. Yeah. There are roll calls. There are voting records. You can check the committee records for votes, and if a roll call was requested and it was in the House on this, um, you can go and find out how your legislator voted, and you need to call them out on it, and you need to find out why they supported it, and they owe you an, you know, a response back to that question. You should expect a response back. Do, do you think that if it does pass in the Senate, uh, this is a, a, a real setup for what Montpelier City will do coming up in June? I think Burlington and Montpelier City are both a setup for what the state is trying to do. That's what I think. Burlington Representative Celine Colburn has been one of the strongest forces behind this since the very start in 2020. She's a constant supporter of these. She's on record on the same page right under the video or right above it. She's um, on record um, stating her full support for decriminalization of, of this kind of thing. So, Maggie Karen, the uh, Vermont chair of the New Englanders Against Sexual Exploitation. Michael Shively, he's a member of the group. Thank you both for joining me today. We'll wait and see what the Senate does on the vote. And, uh, well, maybe we'll be having this conversation again just not that far away in June with uh, with Montpelier City. 
Maggie, again, where can people go for more information on your website? What's the name of the website? The name of the website is New Englanders Against Sexual Exploitation. It has a, a different uh, thing you could type in the bar, but it's confusing. Just Google New Englanders Against Sexual Exploitation, and you'll find us there. And I would strongly recommend you just review you know, the information there. There's a lot of information that talks about the damage that will come to the community, to our state, and to our people. All right. Thank you for joining me again today. Good to see you, Maggie. And Michael uh, on phone line, My, uh, Michael Shively, thank you for joining us on Travels with Charlie as well. Thank you. Right, thank you very much. All right. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we'll, we need a little traveling music, uh, as uh, Jackie Gleason used to say, was the swing and sway with Sammy K. Man, we're really dating it. Scott Milne from Milne Travel American Express. Well, Corm tries to find that song. <laughs> Good luck to you. WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England. Featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions, let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you. Guaranteed. We're all getting ready to travel again. Save time and money on your next trip. Go to www.millentravel.com. Well, that ain't traveling music. <laughs> ZZ Top, welcome back. Travels with Charlie. Of course, that was a tough one. I, uh, you know, and uh, Corm did try to find it on Spotify. For those of you that are of uh, my age, you remember the Jackie Gleason show, of course. And Jackie Gleason used Jackie used to say to Sammy Kay, the band leader, a little traveling music, and and then away we go. So traveling music today travels with Charlie with my good friend Scott Milne from Milne Travel American Express. And man, I, you know, I really appreciate when somebody makes the effort. Number one, to be here. At uh, the studios at WDEV makes it a lot easier, but um, boy, your eyes, you little bloodshot. Uh, <laughs> you just got in on the red eye, did you not? Well, I thought you were going to accuse me of uh, being like Jackie Gleason, eyes uh, ready for you know <laughs> lubricated and ready for the uh, show. But I actually had a good, I had a fun day of I had a fun week last week of traveling around with about a hundred people on a chartered river cruise ship on the Danube, which was great. Had a uh, a fun day of flying yesterday, Budapest to Warsaw, flew Warsaw to Newark, sat next to this very interesting gentleman who grew up in Poland, uh, has a construction business in Connecticut, a weekend house in Wilmington, was talking about what it was like to grow up when it was the other side of the Iron Curtain. Wow. It was all very interesting till my three-hour flight delay in Newark and oh, there we go. 3 a.m. Yeah. arrival yeah. at home and all that kind of stuff. There seems to be a lot travel. of that, and that's why I asked you to, to join us today. Certainly a lot of uh, you know people are thinking uh, it's okay to travel now. We can travel. You were on a, uh, a river cruise. I want to find out more about that from you. But, um, you know, masks or no masks, Boy, the cancellations, delays. We're hearing that there's a lot of... Just, you know, what's going on? Well, I think, uh, you know, travel was, I, I, I think Charlie, right, it was on the bleeding edge of COVID disruption. Uh, we were first in, I think, and we're going to be last out as far as recovery goes. So on top of there being a lot of demand and not really the workforce in a lot of places to handle it, I think a lot of the bigger companies, particularly the airlines and some of the larger hotels, have mismanaged things taken a lot of free government run money, used it to pad up their P&Ls versus keeping people employed. Yeah. 
And uh, we're seeing it everywhere. You know, there's a big demand for meetings. We can't find people at hotels that know how to do contracts. You know, JetBlue, as uh, one of my employees was in a meeting with JetBlue executives last week, they're hiring 6,000 new people this year, none of whom have experience, know what they're doing. Well, where where are the people that were there prior to the pandemic? What are they doing? It should be just, you know, you call them up and come on back. We're ready for you. Where, where are they? Well, I can. I, I think we've seen a lot of folks that had been around for a while that thought they really liked working until they realized they didn't need the money and they don't. You know, they, we've seen a lot of people retire. Yeah. There are a lot of people in the travel industry in their 60s that are stepping back. I think, and and it's we're having a uh, we're looking to hire five or six people at Milne right now, and having a really tough time finding people that are qualified to apply. Yeah. Well, so, you know, you, you make a point. Scott Milne from Milne Travel American Express. Uh, by the way, if you have a question or comment and, and want to find out more about uh, the River Cruise, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. But it's like people have said, uh, you give somebody a year off and, you know, government assistance and it makes it very difficult to go back. But that's for the people that are close to 60, close to retirement. But what about the 20 and 30 year olds that, where are they? Those are the ones that you want. When you find out, let me know, Charlie. <laughs> you know, where are they? I don't get it. I, I was hoping it was going to be your uh, listeners that called in and played Stump the Travel Agent, but I guess you're playing lead on Stump the Travel Agent. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a, a problem and not to talk outside my lane, but I think what we're going to see is, for instance, you know, when you travel, you have a thousand interesting experiences, right? Yeah. We had two motor coaches of us heading from Prague to Vilsoff in Germany to board the ship after a weekend in Prague. We stopped at a truck stop, McDonald's. hundred people got off our coaches, probably another 200 people in the half hour we were there. Went through this McDonald's, ordered all automated ordering. They had four employees running the whole place. Wow. You'd pump in your order. The robots would cook the burgers. The robots would put the sandwiches together. Four people would put them in bags, call your number, and hand them to you. So what I think we're seeing right now is this whole conversation about there's not enough workers, but big businesses, venture capital firms with money are figuring out how to automate out simple things. Yeah. I think there's changes with the new Internet, blockchain technology that's going to make accountants and lawyers redundant with smart yeah. contracts. So we're going to see on the top end, six-figure people are going to be displaced in massive numbers over mm-hmm. the next seven or eight years. And Yeah, you know, we saw that at the airports uh, years ago where you would go into a kiosk and, you know, even at Costco now, they, they urge you to just go to the kiosk and order your hot dog and then go exactly. up and get it. And, and it's still a dollar fifty for a hot dog. And here we are talking about inflation. How do they do it? What they're never going to be able to do is replace quorum on the board here. You know, that is a job that could not be automated. You know, maybe the chuckle. They could get the chuckle automated, but that would be the only thing. He's got to stump me. You know, no computer can do that. He has to search the music and find it. We're going to be taking a break here shortly and give him an opportunity to find another tune. Tell me quickly before we take the break about uh, the river cruise. Many of us have heard about these, but never been on one myself. Uh, what can you tell me about you it? You would love it, Charlie. And when you're ready to go, let me know. I'll hook you up. It, it's uh, like seeing Europe on the ancient highways of Europe. Every day you can wake up in the best location in the middle of a city. 
he can stay on the boat and enjoy the company you're with or enjoy the lounges and things. You can go off and have dinner, go out to a pub, and it's just a relaxing way, you know, sort of in the 70s and 80s, the three countries in a week on a motor coach nice. kind of thing is still a lot of fun for people. But on a riverboat, you don't have to pack your bags. You don't They're really a lot have to smaller the than the, the big cruise ships too, right? Typically about right. the uh, ship we were on, the Amalia was 170 people. Oh, nice. Uh, 79 cabins. Nice. So it's a nice size, and it's great for multi-generational family travel. You get the grandparents, and, you know, you can get together at dinner, but you can all run around and do your own things. Typically, there's uh, great uh, walking tours, hiking excursions. Uh, you know, we were in uh, Linz, and everybody hopped on a bus and spent eight hours and went to Salzburg and drove through the Alps. And so there's a lot to do off the ship as well, but it's a a rapidly growing part of our business, thanks to into a great part to uh, the good fortune of Viking, who started advertising on Masterpiece Theater. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's just really boomed, so it's been marketed well. But a lot of uh, – we're on Alma. There's a lot of – Viking's a big, big uh, company that we work with, but there's a lot of other brands as well. We'll take a quick break. Uh, Scott Milne from Milne Travel American Express. If you have any questions about travel, uh, we're going to find out more coming up right after this break. Travels with Charlie, WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. He's a guy, right? I know this one. How long has this been going on? But I forget the name of the group. Uh, um, Scott, can you help me out uh, for $100? Can you name that group? Um, how long? I don't know. I, welcome or, back to Travel with Charlie. What's, what's the name of the group? All right. Whoever can uh, call in right now. Name Ace. Ace. That was it. Ace. All right. An easy one. Uh, tra- for me. <laughs> Travels with Charlie with uh, Scott Milne, Milne Travel American Express, uh, with me, my guest this afternoon, talking about, uh, well, travel and, you know, what it's like. You just got back from Europe uh, flying. Did you have to wear a mask or not? Uh, very interesting. Uh, did uh, not have to wear a mask at Logan Airport. Had to wear a mask flying on Lufthansa on the way over. Had to wear a mask in the uh, airport in Munich on the change. Did not have to wear a mask in the airport when I got off in Budapest. Airplanes are some of the cleanest places in the world, are they not? I mean, that air exchanges from outdoor, outside yeah. constantly. Yeah, a little exacerbated because how close together people are. Sure, But yeah. the uh, ventilation systems are extraordinary. But it's still changing. Uh, last night in uh, in Newark when I was getting on the plane, they had a new gate agent talking to her earlier conversation. Who I guess they don't let them actually do live announcements. So she was playing recorded announcements of, you know, military people get on and the whole thing. And three times it said, uh, you're required to wear a mask on the airplane, but you're not on United anymore. So they've got to update their recorded <laughs> announcements. Oh, so the, it's a complicated it gets very confusing. world. What about uh, fuel cost? Uh, anybody that puts gas in their car knows, uh, well, today, I think uh, nationwide average, they're saying 
432. For those of you that live in California, it's about $6 a gallon. And for airplanes, I don't even want to go where it's at, but uh, certainly affecting the cost of a ticket. Well, it, it impacts the cost of a ticket, and it's psychological. There's an interesting story this week in uh, Travel Weekly. It impacts psychologically travelers. When you realize how expensive gas is, it suppresses your appetite for all kinds of discretionary spending. So it's an important thing for us to get under control. So if somebody wants to book, let's let, let's go six months out. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. Let's talk about Christmas. Does it make sense to book today, or can you not even book that, that far in advance? You can book airline tickets for individuals 11 months out. So, again, if we have another surge in coronavirus and everybody cancels, supply and demand prices will go down. But as long as the recovery continues and the economy doesn't even really have to boom, just say solid, the hotel, airline, cruise industry is designed to offer people the best prices that book as soon as Availability opens up and for prices to increase gradually until the last cabin or seat is sold. So, What happens if you book now and uh, and prices did go down? What, what recourse does uh, the person have? In general, you can uh, exchange the ticket and get a – if you buy the lower price non-refundable tickets, you exchange the ticket and you get a credit towards another ticket down the road. Hotels or cars, typically if you – as long as you buy them through a travel agency and buy them through the GDS, they can set that up and monitor it and just rebook it at a lower price. So you don't pay for that till you actually travel anyway, but the price is locked in and guaranteed. To your point about fuel uh, surcharges, fuel surcharges are for sure coming, but they will not impact previously purchased tickets. So if you own your ticket, you're protecting yourself from a fuel surcharge. Are many schools still doing the trips? I just uh, heard on the news this morning that uh, there's a group of uh, New Hampshire students that they're they're in they're in Italy uh, and they're quarantining. Yeah, uh, the COVID concerns are legitimate. We frankly, on the cruise that I was on last week, we had one uh, lady who tested positive on the second day of the cruise. Uh, Very efficient organization from the cruise line to have her tested. Uh, She's staying at the Intercontinental Hotel in Vienna, which. I've got a great story. I was at the Intercontinental about 10 years ago, and when we were checking out, George Bush was checking in, and we had Secret Service uh, just scouring the hotel the whole time and seeing the securing of an American president, which was fascinating. So pretty good upgrade to get COVID. The joke on the ship was find somebody with COVID and kiss them so we can all spend an extra week at the Intercontinental Hotel. But Yeah, nice digs. But uh, everybody tested negative on the way out, so it was good, Charlie. Scott, are you seeing any drop in Disney bookings? You know, the Florida governor rescinding their status as a special district, and many people are saying, that's it, I'm not going to Disney, I'm through with Disney. Uh, any any word on that? You know, what are your, what are your feelings? What's, what's going on? Uh, it is still a very strong product. We sell a lot of Disney, and, um, you know, I guess if folks aren't going, they're not calling us to tell us. 30 seconds uh, to go here. <laughs> Let's talk politics quickly. T.J. Donovan, he's out. Beth Pierce is out. Ann Pugh is out. Uh, we don't know what the governor's going to do. Uh, man, a lot of scrambling out there. And, you know, Scott was once in that, uh, in the running there, and he... Are you going? To, you've got a few day, a few weeks, I think, before you have to announce. That's right. Yeah, there's still time. And uh, if you if you want me to not run for anything, <laughs> not call run. in by a Disney vacation. The more <laughs> Disney we sell in the next week, the less likely I'll be to jump in. So 
All if right. you don't want me, buy something. Buy, <laughs> buy, buy a trip from uh, from Scott Mills. Scott, right. always great to see yeah, you. Thanks, thanks, Charlie. Thanks Appreciate for joining me today. Thanks for letting us be hey, part of Hey, we're going to be back on Travels with Charlie coming up on May 23rd with Pete Delaney from the Vermont City Marathon. Travels with Charlie is sponsored by Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, and Milne Travel American Express. Theme song written and performed by Billy Bratcher. My executive producer is Brad Fur. The director behind the glass, the man with all the music, Steve Cormier. Corm, I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travel.